0: What's up, everybody, and welcome to Peeling the Banana, episode number six. And today's guest, she is the mind-body Athlete Development Specialist with the South Bend Chicago Cubs, or uh, South Bend Cubs, which actually formerly used to be the South Bend Silverhawks, which I used to play for, so it's really cool. She's also the administrator for the South Bend Cubs Foundation, which is a nonprofit that works to provide youth athlete development programs to those in in the community who otherwise would not afford access. And so now I welcome Amanda Alwine. Is that correct? Did I say that correctly?
1: You did, Amanda Alwine.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, welcome. It's an honor.
1: Yeah, so you were here in this good old city of South Bend, what, 2013? 2013
0: and 14, when that field used to be... uh, synthetic turf all the way around other than home plate and the mound and it used to be called four winds field right
1: it's still four winds field it's
0: still four um, winds field
1: it's still win- it's but this is a world of different place than when you were here um, i know i'm
0: jealous it's like got grass they've updated it they got like a whole new batting cages and facilities yeah. and yes i wonder what facility- the locker room even looks like
1: Oh, it's gorgeous. It's fantastic. I'll yeah. give you a video tour sometime, but um, it's fun. Yeah, this facility that I work in, it is the Performance Center here. Um, was it here? It wasn't here and then? Is that,
0: and that's part of the stadium, right?
1: Yes, it's part of the stadium. Um, we sit here right out um, in right field. Um, and we're, we've got batting cages, the weight room, um, offices. Um, and this is where all our athlete development takes place. So it's a state-of-the-art facility. I'm really, really lucky to get to uh, work here. And um, funny enough, my general manager here, the guy who runs this whole shebang is Mark Haley, you know, lovingly known as Hales, who was your manager when you were here playing for the Silverhawks. So my
0: former um, manager, that's right. Yes. Yeah. It's pretty cool to see that he's, he, uh, well, ended up staying there and isn't that his home, though? Isn't South Bend, yes, that area, his like home. his home home? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember after games, if we played well, he would uh, offer, um, shoot, what kind of whiskey was it? What's <laughs> it his was whiskey?
1: Maker's Mark. <laughs> maker's Mark. He has a handle
0: in his office, and if we played well, he'd come out into the locker room, and say, hey, motherfuckers, great job, and then pour us all a shot.
1: Yep, that's how he does. He still does that, no. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, he does. Uh, <laughs> just, hope, just hopefully everyone's of age, because I know that the facility now is like a place for clubs, and, you know, it's not only for the minor leaguers there, but it's for, like, kids and yeah. clubs it's and Yeah, it's definitely. And stuff where,
1: you know, in the off-season, it's definitely a community facility. Um, so we have, you know, the – major league, minor league guys who use this in the off season, but we also have, um, you know, we are in South Bend. So we've got two major colleges. we got Indiana University, South Bend and Notre Dame. And so we've got those players here that come in for just to use the facilities. We have all the equipment you could ever imagine. And for, and for training, um, we have lots of different, um, trainers and, almost everything you could want as far as access to player development here.
0: That's super cool. So does Notre Dame players, baseball players, or any athlete have access to the facilities?
1: Yes. Um, If they wanted to, like during
0: off-season or?
1: Absolutely. Obviously, our Cubs players are a family. This is their facility. Um, But we also have memberships where anybody can purchase a membership and book a cage or book time in the weight room. So it's available for a whole bunch of different purposes. We do have, um, you know, elite travel ball teams here um, as well for, you know, the kids who are hoping to be, and I say kids, but you know what I mean, the people who are coming up, hoping to be mm-hmm. Um they're in that, so, um, and that is actually sponsored and run completely by the South Bend Cubs Foundation. So the South Bend Cubs Foundation and the Performance Center are, you know, technically two separate entities, but come together, you know, to, to work it. one. We run that um, out of here as well and offer all the programs to all of our um, youth athletes um, coming through the system. You know, I, I think I love that the most. I love the idea that we can get them at this age and give them every proper um, advantage to not just be good players, but to be great people, um, to have access to developmental programs at this age instead of having to wait until they're further along in their journey, um, their you know athletic journey, whatever that may be or however far that takes them. Um, we get to experience that on this level. Um, and it gives them just such a wonderful advantage uh, you know, not just in baseball but you know like we talked about in Ford before, just in life.
0: right. Right, like kids now are so spoiled with the resources they get now where you can not only develop your skills as an athlete but you're learning life skills at such a young age whereas back when I was playing um even guys before me it's like we're we're learning as we're going but we're not learning the the good stuff until we're you know maybe past our prime in our sport, you know, whereas if we all think back if we learned what we learn now back then it's like man our careers could have been so much different and these kids are just I wouldn't say spoiled they just have the access now and I think parents and kids and coaches and mentors are realizing that we really need to help our younger generation
1: well and that's it it's just now coming into the idea that you know we're not just training an athlete, we're training a whole person. And before this just wasn't brought in, it wasn't thought of to, look at these athletes as more than just machines that needed it to produce and perform so that we could get the most out of them at the end of the day, right? Now we're seeing that we develop much better athletes who reach their highest potential sooner and for a longer length of time if we if we give them um, access to whole human development, you know, the mental side, the emotional side, um, bringing into all of the obstacles they might face. You know, some people are coming from um, different countries you know we have we have mm-hmm. a lot of things that will help that, that you know come into play um, so to make the, the transition more effortless gives us just it, it, it just uh, I don't want to it makes your p- job
0: easier it will, when you're giving the kids the tools that they need and then it's up for the kids to use those tools right, right. You, and know, if you, you can only if you, push a kid so far yeah. Yes. If they don't want to be pushed.
1: Right. And if you create an environment in which that they feel they can and they mm-hmm. want to, then it's amazing how humans, but kids, younger people in general will they kind of rise to the occasion naturally. Yeah, know? because they when, have
0: the support. They have the family. Yeah. They have just the, pe- the like-minded people around, you yeah. know, I mean, yeah. I mean it, it life is basically like you are who you surround yourself with and it's usually the the top 5 people that you are around with most of the time so I mean right 100% that, yeah the fact that these kids are surrounded by some of the smartest most intelligent highest work ethic you know people that have gone through it and have the experience like you have um, mm-hmm. it really helps those kids out, even the minor league guys, you know, I mean, they're older and a lot more mature, but shoot, I'm 33 and I'm still learning about the game, learning about life and how (laughs) to go about it. Um, And
1: so like, yeah, you have to remember these, when people enter the minor leagues, they are still very young. You know, these, they're very young. Um, And they're also, you know, facing the challenges of being thrust into kind of this um, environment Um, We're the first stop, you know, we're high A now, but um, we're a lot of these people's first stop. So it's uh, the ability to give them this kind of facility, this kind of developmental programs right off the bat, Um, even for those guys, um, it's an advantage.
0: Mm -hmm. And so your role specifically, it's not instructing kids how to hit, or maybe it is, but like your role, (laughs) explain, explain your role. With the, you know, with the Cubs, with the kids, the minor leaguers, everything that I, you do to support them.
1: Well, and, you know, I come in kind of on, um, you know, a requested basis. My services aren't thrust upon anybody who isn't interested in them. But um, when we meet challenges or athletes meet challenges that they know, you know, they have the mechanics for, they know that they've... Um, They've trained in every way possible to become the best athlete or baseball player they can be, but something's missing or they, they can't fall into line or they fall into a slump or they're dealing with a, a time of disappointment or something critical that it needs. It's those unseen things that we know, my my body knows how to perform this. I've learned all the mechanics. My, I have a hitting coach and I have every coach available to me. So what's this missing piece and why do I feel like I can't access that? So there's usually a reason um, that we can't um, put our finger on and whether it's mental, whether it's emotional, whether it's something going on in their life. And my role is to come in and help them um, understand that and integrate it, and um, bring themselves back to this kind of mental, emotional, and wholeness state, where that they are capable then of performing to the highest potential that they know their body and the mechanics that they've learned can are capable of doing.
0: Because mm-hmm, we all get drafted or get signed to a professional sport based on our athletic ability and the skill set everyone sees. But being a player for so long, if I just had mental coaching, you know, like mind, body, spirit connection throughout my years, um, there's a lot more I could have gained out of playing, I guess, a lot more potential, you know, in that time. Like, I wouldn't say I had wasted time, you know, just, you know. Playing, showing up every day, and being like, "Oh, I'm athletic and I know what to do." But it's, what do you do when you're struggling, and you know you don't know what else to do? Because it's like, well, I know I'm good, but I have this limiting factor that's going on in my head, and I just, I don't know what to do. It's like you said, we all have a missing. There's something missing, and very few people have that missing part to continue their career and become the greatest. Right. You know, so, so, so how do you begin to help a player out or like, do you approach them? Are they approaching you or
1: usually they approach me? Um, you know, and like I said, I have, I coach all ages. Um, so, um, a lot of times, if it's a high school player, a college player, they might be prompted by a parent who said, we've given them every other thing that we can do to support them. Um, and except for this, you know, this kind of this, this mental, emotional um, component. So um, let's try this out. Um, when it comes to, um, you know, grown men in the, in the, baseball industry. And not even just then, you know, I have clients who play in um, other sports as well. um, The NBA, um, golf, there's, there's so many, um, you know, the, the, the idea of the whole athlete um, applies to every, every person. I just happen to know baseball and be very comfortable in baseball. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've been on the baseball scene a long time. Um, So this is where I am right now. But uh, the first thing, every, every single person is different. So while I have a program and I'm trained in many different modalities, um, I can tell you that every single person that comes to me requires something a little bit different. There's really no buy the book. Everybody's dealing with a different history. Everybody's dealing with a different current set of circumstances. Everybody's dealing with, um, everybody has a different pattern in which they perceive things and um, And the best way for them to feel through and execute things. So a lot of it is just getting to know somebody and and what's going on. Um, We talk about the mental game, but what does the mental game mean? Uh, we could, if we could all think ourselves to health and wealth, and and our, you know, the best right. athlete we could be, it would happen. Like we all lay in bed and think and life, fantasize. Life would be
0: easy, but life would these, be easy. We have these demons in our head and these mind games we play with ourselves, with the, uh, you know, the devil on one side, the angel on one side, and we're, you know, bantering back and forth, and it's finding that synchronicity between you know everything and finding that i don't know what it is i really don't know what it is but it's finding that even even positive energy that just just something that makes us always you know go back to what we've learned or what we're trying to instill in ourselves to be expressed
1: Mm -hmm. exactly and there's um you know when we say the mental game the mental game isn't separate from our physical game or emotional game. And so the idea that we can somehow focus hard enough or think ourselves back to where we wanna be or to a different state in life um, is true, but there's that's just one component of a grouping of things that you need for that manifestation to occur. So it doesn't just happen with thoughts and out of a vacuum. It happens when we, um, tap into those things that we're pushing away, that we're not willing to look at those things that, you know, we all Mm -hmm. have those little things that we will do anything to not have to think about or not have to face or not have to do. Um, And the idea to kind of rip the bandaid off of that and expose those wounds so that we can integrate them in a safe way. And we can kind of make friends with the devil on our shoulder, like you said. Mm-hmm. We have one, and we have two. And the more the bad we, and the good, yeah. The, and the more we scream at the things we don't like about ourselves, and try to push them away, and try to create um, an energy of distance between them, the louder they get, almost.
0: All right. right. Unfortunately, the more they attract.
1: The more they attract. So the idea is to find out what that is, and to find out how we can reframe that into um, an energy of suffering or discourse, and take that exact same thing and reframe, reintegrate it and reframe it to an energy of, um, of learning, an energy of a power perception. right? So it's like two sides of the same coin, mm-hmm. our darkness or pain or things you take you take it and on the other side of that is uh, an access to a bigger energy and more power. So we work on integrating those things, so that our mind doesn't have to waste so much energy pushing away what we don't like. You know, right. what do we do with those thoughts? What do we do when you know we can't stop? The more we tell ourselves to stop thinking about something, the more you, the think, more you think about it. So, <laughs>
0: so, so, like example, we like we'll do baseball. A guy is zero for three. And he knows he's coming up in the last inning to hit and you know it's a it's a critical moment. But as a hitter, like I have, I'm like, well I'm 0 for three, I'm down the whole game. Um and as much as you like to think you you either think two ways. You're either like, Yes, I have one more at bat to be the hero, or it's like, oh, I hope I don't get up in the next inning so i don't have to hit because i'm 0 for three and i'm just shitting on the day you know it's like you have two different attitudes to go through that and that's something i always battled through mm-hmm. um or you could even be like three for four on the day and you're possibly could get a fifth at bat but you're content with the three for four instead of thinking no i can go four for five right you know how do you how do you do you have any tricks or a uh, uh, way of thinking that you help players with that?
1: I, I do and one the first thing that we do is like awareness of what um, we understand that we are bioenergetic beings, and this is where my learning first started. I first started um, learning into the bioenergetics of what it means to be a human right pretty so basically like learning
0: first. learning like from a cellular cellular from a cellular level. level.
1: Well, and we know we have electromagnetic impulses. Um, mm-hmm. This isn't just kind of like a woo-woo thing. Like we can put electrodes on our heart and measure the energetic electromagnetic. No, but see, I think everyone doesn't
0: realize like we are made of energy because there are times where you will, you will sh- touch somebody, but you have it in, like a shock in between. It's like, where's that right. coming from? It's because our bodies right. carry energy.
1: We carry energy. So we carry energy in many different ways in our body. Obviously, the the ones that we know about that we can – um, that our minds will kind of hop on board with is the energy of the brain because obviously we measure the um, output of the brain all the time. People are, is your brain sending out electricity, it's alive, um, and the same with your heart. However, we have um, different electromagnetic impulses throughout our whole body. Every organ gives out a signal, so does every thought, so does, um, you know, all of these things. So our the idea without, you know, going into a lecture about what it means to be an energetic being is that to just be aware of these because what happens is with our mind, the energy of our mind is supposed to work in coherence with our nervous system and the energy Mm -hmm. of our heart. When the mind gets too big, it, it literally takes the energy from your body and it will almost get so big that it can separate itself. Like it will energetically kind of fragment. And this is where we have the time where we choke, we get the yips, there's things going on. And it's not because you don't know yes. how it's because the energy of your mind has, has become so bad. It's it suck. It, it's fragmented itself. And there's no communication anymore between your mind and your body. So how do we shrink that down? We understand first that this, this mind is just basically an energy field. And if we can practice, Bringing it back in, and remember to bring it back down, and and to get it in a little bit of coherence um, with that electromagnetic heart field that we have. Then immediately they're communicating again, and your nervous system comes back down to a normal state. So this is where it can be—it can kind of feel scientific and almost, um, but it's really not because I might be giving you or anybody else, this new information, but when we sit back and think about it, we kind of know this, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's like a remembering of, of who you really are, and what you really are, because when you're in the flow state, when our mind and our body are working energetically and coherently together. Everything we do seems effortless.
0: Every, everything works because you're in a everything green light.
1: Everything works.
0: It's like, it's like you're getting all the green lights, you know, you're just yes. going through. It. It's like, why can't the world be like this every day? It's right. And it's how, not I mean, magic.
1: It's yeah. it's
0: you. you it, and yeah.
1: it's you. And everybody has this ability. There's nobody who doesn't, you know, there's nobody who cannot be um, reminded and trained who you are, um, to come back into that. And when you feel that, you know you're in your true self. You know things are kind of clicking. And even when you make a mistake, then it feels different. Your body responds Mm -hmm. like, "All right, that didn't work. Let's try something else. Even when you make a mistake, you're in an an observing attitude about what didn't go right, rather than having a nervous system malfunction and the mind going off into another separate tangent and then Once again, you've lost the ability to access the power within your body simply because you lost your heart connection. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's all about reminding to come you know back into that. And remembering, you know, be where your feet are because if your mind is somewhere else, it doesn't matter if you're on the mound or if you're on the couch with your friend. If you aren't there, you aren't there.
0: Right. Like don't don't expect a good outcome even though you're physically there when you're mentally in outer space.
1: Right. And this takes practice. You'd be surprised if you know, when we're training, when I say, I want you to try to spend set a timer and spend one whole minute just feeling kind of the center of your body and focusing on your breath. And the first time you do it, you can only do it for five seconds.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You can then you can do it for 10 and then you can, you know, you can get into these bigger intervals. So it's just like weightlifting. You're training that muscle, you're training that connection. And eventually, if you train it long enough, it will happen. You know, it's just like it it will start to happen. Just like lifting weights. You don't go to the gym, lift once, and come home and you're like, you know, you right. you know that you're on the right course, and you will keep doing it until you see the results. But not just see the results, feel the results, yes. because your body feels different. You feel stronger. You feel more um, safe in your body. Well, it's the same thing with training your energy. It's the same thing with working on your mind and body connection. It's a muscle you train, and you train it for years until it becomes your normal state of being.
0: Right. It's almost. It's basically like focusing on the process rather than the outcome, which in baseball, maybe in all of life, we're always focused on the result, on on production, on outcome, on the end that we want rather than focusing on the process, which is like if you want to be a great hitter, how do you become a great hitter that hits 300 or more? What's that process look like? And those are the questions you have to ask is if you stick to the process, like a lot of my mentors and coaches say, you'll get the results. Like you might not get it right away, but it's having the patience to know and trust yourself on that process.
1: Right. And the mind body connection that is so vital to not just athletes, but everybody to feel, um, even, you know, if you, if you make this connection and then follow it, um, your, whatever purpose, whatever soul purpose you're in at that moment, will lead you to the next and lead you to the next. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that feeling of what you're supposed to do, it becomes more intuitive and it's louder. And we can feel that now because we haven't sent our thoughts off on a tangent that is separate from our body or, um, you know, the electromagnetic field of our heart that is always processing information of stuff that's around us. So when we bring those things together, we also have a lot more access to our intuitive nature, to knowing what to do when it happens. You don't have to think. And then as these threads of your life, um, you know, or, or, you know, whatever journey you happen to be on, if you like to think of it as, you know, this kind of soul journey of your life or whatever, they show up and, you know, this is a thread I'm going to keep pulling on. This is a thread that will take me somewhere. And we know every time we've done that in our life, we've ended up, exactly where we need to be even if it sucked right even if it mm-hmm. totally sucked to get mm-hmm. there right I think about you know um you you just follow the steps and sometimes you just don't have to think about it but what I've noticed too is when you feel like you found a, a, an important kind of golden thread in your life um to remember to show gratitude for that even if it's taking a long time but there's something in you that trusts this might be a path for me you know so you can to How? remember that's a hard thing for us humans to do to remember to be grateful for what's happening when it's going well to remember to tell the people on those golden threads thanks i'm grateful for you this life is pretty cool with you in it
0: right yeah yeah cuz without yeah. those people or without an event happening or situation at that moment you're like well life sucks and Three months, maybe a year, however long it takes, you end up looking back and it's like, shoot, if that doesn't happen, this awesome thing that's happening now isn't happening. And so, how important is it for you to help, help your players, help your kids, um, instill goals? Because without goals, you know, like there is no purpose, right? You know, like well, if like if you're not chasing after something or wanting to do something in in your life, like that in between part of life is like, well, what am I even living for? It's like, right, and right. how important is goals and dreams when you're teaching all these practices?
1: Well, especially when it comes to an athlete, they definitely have goals. Like this is what they want to see, but
0: but but thing- how well, uh- how detailed can you be though, right? Because you could say I want to be the the next Shohei Otani, but like specifically, you you only achieve goals is what i'm learning now is if you're literally detailed to the time the day and what well, you some exactly of that is want. really
1: important so there is discipline in achieving <laughs> mm-hmm. our goals that we're we're not going to give up right so the way i like to call this is more of instead of like a plan a, a black and white plan from a to b mm-hmm. is we're have we're, we're putting in place a strategy because when you call it a strategy, strategies kind of can um, say, okay, I tried this, this didn't work. This strategy can lead to this knowing. Um, This thing can lead to this thing. So to be too rigid in how you get from A to B can cause um, a fracture if it doesn't work out exactly as you want. But when we say, I put in place a strategy and Within that strategy are disciplines that I know that I have to put forth for my mind and body to be strong, and then kind of scattered in the points of that strategy are things that that new that you can try out, um, things that you you know little um, little uh, corner offsets within that strategy to enhance what you're doing, and also be flexible enough to say, okay, this particular part of this strategy didn't quite get me the results I want. So what's next? And when you, when you have flexibility within your strategy, um, you're more likely to get to your destination. Um, Even if it takes longer, you're more likely to get there um, a little more sane, a little more whole and a little more happy with Mm -hmm. the events in the journey along the way, you know, and at the same time, You know, I don't know anybody with a phenomenal story that didn't really suffer a big hardship or break or fracture in their life. So So true. So that's okay. You know, I, you know, I think that everybody who found their calling that led them into something big, it was born out of devastation or grief or trauma. Um, And, you know, And it's usually uh,
0: because it's something that we've wanted, but, you know, whether you believe in God or a higher power or your spiritual, you know, like, that power has a purpose for you. And so even though you might want something there's something else in your path that you know,
1: right, and we can be raised our whole lives relying on that higher power. But when you know, your feet hit the fire, It's harder to do when everything just fell apart, right? So this is where we talk about having, we can train that muscle to watch everything fall apart and be like, okay, what's gonna be born out of this? I have a lot of shit to clean up and I have to deal with this and I'm gonna be in the gutter for a minute, but I'm certain now that what comes after is gonna be pretty cool. So. That's another muscle we can train, another kind of um, connectivity within ourselves to say sometimes these things are handed to us as, mm-hmm. as you know, redirection. It's a detour, but that detour um, is actually what's most advantageous for us in the long run.
0: Mm-hmm. Have, have you ever seen or heard of Jocko's podcast, that military guy? um look him up but there's this video that i always cross on, on instagram and it's he talks about how things happen and his first thought is good so good. it's good that this happened because now i have more time to do something else or you know it just it gives you another way of thinking like good it happened i'm grateful for it because now it helps me focus on something else or gives me time to actually you know focus on another goal or give you more intention on whatever else is actually needed in your life.
1: Well, and, and so it's it, it,
0: and so it's kind of a way of gratitude, you know, but it's just like it's kind of tricking your mind like good
1: Right. And when you know. we think about the word surrender also in a negative connotation that this means that we are now, you know, a flopping fish, subservient to whatever happens. And that's not the case. We can be strong enough to surrender to the moment and open our heart to a little vulnerability to what's happening as a form of strength, right? As a form of um, of acceptance. And that leads us to being stronger to uh, 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 perceive what can come good out of this, right? So when we, you know, talk about we use this word surrender as if it's um, some kind of weak. We think word. of
0: it as a negative term, yeah. Right. We.
1: It is, and it's actually the opposite, right? Because it right. wasn't until you know I know me and uh, you know my history and my traumas and and. and the things that led me here, I can be grateful for now. But in the thick of it, um, I was none so pleased. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know. But it wasn't until I surrendered, this is what's happening to me. And this is where this is going. It's then almost like
0: it is what it is.
1: I had the ability and the power to move on to the next, to not quit, to not keep fighting, Against what was happening, or wanting what was happening to be something different, we waste a lot of our human energy and our power right in like you're giving your power away
0: to something that isn't meant for you, kind of thing
1: that isn't Whereas meant for you If but you it's hard accept to, it, you surrender Yes, and it's hard you to you keep those the programs. power
0: and you move on yeah
1: right, you know, and you know mine came I, I have a lot of children, or four of them um and they're mostly grown now. But you know, there was this period of time where I thought, okay, they were really good incentive to say, here's what's happening to me. And subsequently, then is what's happening. And my way to regain my power and create for us the best future I can is to surrender this to let it go. And to carry us to a space that's not going to be easy. But to a space where we can thrive, because the longer that I am, am fighting against what is, um, the 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 more I prolong my own suffering. You know, there's a saying that pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. It really is, because suffering is when we are uh, choosing to fight against, or, or you know, what is. Suffering is us taking our pain and holding on to it as if it's going to change something, Mm -hmm. right? So, you know, these are just other things. And a lot of people bring that into everything that they do. Your history of suffering can, in the background, kind of put a filter over everything you do. And so a lot of this work, too, is kind of slowly lifting the filter, you know, slowly kind of, um, you know, getting through the fog of it.
0: Yeah, like you're you're peeling the banana instead of peeling you're the peeling onion. The, you're peeling the banana. You're, you're just peeling the, the banana to get to the good stuff. But it's 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 crazy how in this world one event can traumatize you for the rest of your life, and it it usually that event if you don't work on healing that that turns you into a person you maybe would not have wanted um and so how how does someone with traumas or bad situations that happened in their past what what can what is something you like to do to i guess counter that i mean like because it's like we hate living in the past the more we live in the past the more we're not focused on our present and the more we can't focus on what we actually want in life and working on that process which is our discipline and living by our principles so right. what
1: so when like, we're working with trauma and i do you know um, before all this I, be- I became certified in in trauma healing and all of these things too so um, and this was born out of also like on a spiritual myself.
0: level that and on like all levels, psycho, spiritual, all of
1: these things, because they do go hand in hand. And that was one thing that I learned on my journey. I started, you know, doing this and then doing this and then do this. And then realized, oh, they're all the same thing. We just use different words for them. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we store our trauma in our psyche, but not just in our psyche. We store it in our body. We store it in our tissues. We store it in our fascia. We store it in our nervous system. And this um, creates basically a chronic dysregulated state in which we, we not just live in the world, but the way we feel and perceive everything that goes around us. And the problem is we can get so used to that state and be so unconscious of it that we make that our normal state and we become absolutely unaware that it even exists. So when we go into the to the, the psychology realm of it, we have to add the body back into it. Because this is a lot of times we have disassociated from the parts of our body that are in chronic pain, or that are not um, that are storing all of these things, and ignoring them is the and ignoring them and saying, I'm just gonna try to have a better attitude does not cure our trauma, not at mm-hmm. all. But sitting with it in a safe space, and trusting yourself to feel out and go back into your body and experience it again is actually the way out. So is that like that a we, form
0: of release kind of thing? I, it I is. Like I'm trying to visualize it.
1: Because the only way out is the way in. And the only way to you know, the only way to get to where you want to be is generally always to face all of the things that we're avoiding. Um, men and women um, biologically metabolize these things differently and store them differently. We store them as anger, we store them as sadness, we store them as grief, and it's just something that we can't seem to get past. And so when we reestablish the connection with our own heart, sometimes the first thing that happens is really uncomfortable. Um, sometimes people get a little more mad at me at first than they feel happy with me because You're I'm right. asking them. But they're them, not mad
0: at you; they're they're mad at right. their situation.
1: Right, and it's just no different than you know your trainer who's pushing you to lift heavier. I'm asking uh-huh. you to feel deeper. I'm asking you to feel into that thing. I'm 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 poking triggers. Right. I'm plucking so- strings. And it's not pretty, and I'm gonna ask ugly questions, and I'm gonna ask you to really, really evaluate yourself. Like, let's, let's, let's. I call it the radical truth serum because until we are willing to get radically, radically truthful with ourselves, um, mm-hmm. we're unable to heal. So I, I don't believe that we have to go and talk over our traumas to the point where they re-traumatize us. But what we have to do is ask ourselves really difficult questions about our behavior and how we feel. Mm-hmm. And you would be surprised how many times where we'll talk about a behavior or talk about something that happened. And I say, what did that feel like? And the person doesn't know. What do you mean, what did it feel like? what was happening in your body? Where did you feel that? What, you know, what do you mean, right? Which gives me an indicator that we have completely fragmented ourselves from what, once that trigger goes off, we will literally energetically split. Um, And it makes it hard to be a focused human in that, in that situation. So it sounds kind of esoteric and things, but it's not, it's just about asking a person to go back into themselves and having the courage Mm -hmm. and the bravery to look into the places that they've avoided the most and believe it or not it's the most freeing thing that can happen you will restore access to a new higher power that you never had before all of a sudden you have energy that you thought was gone all of a sudden you have power within you um to create again because you wasted so much energy um trying to keep this thing out of here
0: right i'm i'm trying to visualize it as if like you have this dark thing happen and it's in a little box and it's in your head and the only and you think it's gone because it's in a box and you stored it back but in actuality that energy that built up crappy energy is still in you in a box and unless you take off the cover and let it out and kind of express it think about it however you need that's the only way that it can uh, excrete out of of your body like you can get it out out of your
1: body yep and And we talk about
0: well, we talk I, I about how these this, things get trapped kind of, yeah it gets trapped but like this reminds me so i went through this emotional intelligence program that i told you about and everything was it was always about the coaches and your other fellow students with, with you anything we did a activity it was they were always telling us and reminding us that whatever you're feeling whatever emotions you're feeling it's because we're not attacking you personally. We're attacking the boundaries that you've set. We're attacking the walls that you've set because of that trauma. And so it kind of what you were explaining how like you're pushing buttons. It's, it's, you're not attacking that client or that person personally, you're attacking the situation and the walls that they put up because of that situation. That's
1: exactly right. And the other thing, too, is to remember, you know, those those walls, those protective mechanisms, those programs, we have named our ego, right? And, Mm -hmm. you know, the ego um, expresses itself in these walls and all of these crazy things that we find that we can't get past. But also, when we attack the walls, we have to remember that those walls were built to protect you at a time when you were not capable of protecting yourself. So another way to look at it is when these things come forward is we can say, thank you. Thank you to my psyche, to whatever program, to whatever my brilliant mind and ego did to keep me safe during a time where I wasn't capable. And that's how that gets formed. Right. And when we're grateful for that, we can say, I don't need it anymore. Thank you for your service. Thank you for, Mm -hmm. for what you did to protect me when I didn't know how, but I don't need you anymore. And you're talking to this, this mechanism this wall, this box, this, this darkness that comes out and saying, dang, you served me well. But now I don't, I don't, I'm right. ready, it's, to it's, ready to feel this. You're ready to
0: move on. You graduated and you, and um, you graduated. I can like, like I know the feeling of accepting what has happened and understanding that i built walls around it and then learning that what you just said, it was there to protect me. But being able to finally dive deeper and understanding why I built it, it's like now I can push that wall away and just release right. it, and then move on. And it's and, and it's less more having more intention into what I want.
1: Yeah, and it's less having to push it away. It literally just kind of pff, dissolves. It crumbles right before your eyes, and you're free. You know, it's it's really a process. It, disintegrates. Sudden, it
0: just it just poof.
1: It just poof. <laughs> yeah, exactly it's exactly what gone. happens. It just poofs so so yeah, and,
0: so do you get this go ahead go ahead go ahead sorry no go ahead i was just gonna say so you do this with players are you are you doing this because you 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 are a owner and founder of gracious heart healing center is is your tactics kind of the same Almost you know the same. is is it this is it um or could you take a player into the healing center and vice yes. versa, like are you Yes. So, so they so go you're together. Two like I kind of, right now. I okay.
1: am. Um and but you know, I have <laughs> I have found that these two things kind of go beautifully, you know, together. Right. And
0: right. the They're goals may be six. different.
1: The goals may be different, but at an energetic level, the the humanness that we are is the same. Right. Like in so, the healing
0: center, are, are you practicing more spiritual?
1: right biohacking
0: um, side yes a little as, bit more and of then that the, but the athlete side where you're with the cubs that's more just kind of the mental performance mental game and yes right yes. i mean like they obviously are very cohesive but you know you it's almost it's almost like having christianity and buddhism you know but they're literally the same we all believe in a in a god right you know it's just finding different ways to say it to people
1: yeah it really does cross over beautifully you know um as i went through all of these kind of I, i became just kind of this collector of knowledge and certifications you know i did you know the physical aspect and i reached my peak you know physical And I did went in to get the masters in bioenergetics and I did trauma healing. And, you know, I've got, you know, my yoga teacher training and I, I traveled all over the world. I lived in South America to learn from shamans. And I went to different countries and cultures and all of these things. Um, But my knowledge and affinity for baseball has been prevalent my whole life. Um, And I also have sons who play baseball, who played baseball and I, was able to see how bringing this this kind of aspect of human development into athleticism um, how that that blossomed and how that worked and it's basically a matter of me taking right. like the two things i love the most and, <laughs> and,
0: right. and, the, and and helping athletes through a through a healing healing journey yes. like yes. a spiritual healing journey right it's it's so taking the mental side of life and sports, and putting it intertwined with with the whole right. spiritual healing part of things. Right, and because everybody's and like, with,
1: everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: With this, with the healing center, do you do any like retreats or anything like that?
1: Um, I don't have any um, like retreats. Um, those are something I'm definitely interested in doing and I might hold my first one even this year but um I definitely I know you do, do like
0: your own personal ones yes right? I do you, um, okay.
1: I do and then um, but we have you know just out of the healing center I offer lots of webinars on different modalities all the time whether if it's you want to learn about about your energy centers and if you want to learn about a heart and grace-based way of living um all different topics i do that i do yoga classes um from the center uh, and i do those online um three Mm -hmm. times a week anybody can join those um and i do um you know, I do one-on-one people, you know, people who just have no interest in athleticism whatsoever, but they want to talk about the deeper aspects of themselves and um, delve into kind of that Pandora's box. So, right. um, yes. Because what you're
0: doing is basically a alternative medicine, alternative remedy of healing, right? Yes. And you're digging deeper into finding or hacking into the core of that spirit, that body and that mind of how I can heal your body without medicine, without Western medicine, I should say. So are, are you right. doing any practices like with psychedelics or or sauna? Uh, I don't um, like, I don't like, like everyone's uh, um. getting into into cold, cold plunges, you know, like other other remedies.
1: Right. Um, I definitely, you know, I'm not um, a practitioner of, of psychedelics. I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not any of those things. But I can, mm-hmm. um, you know, guide people to or, you know, I, I personally lift weights four times a week. I personally do cold therapy. I personally have a pretty um, clean diet, as you know. So mm-hmm. these are things that I can say you know, work. I personally, you could would give say a,
0: general, a general yes. health protocol of life. I
1: could give a general know, health, good health diet, protocol
0: of health, sleep. You know, here's yeah. some breath work you could do.
1: Right. You know, and, um, um, I definitely offer um, meditation practices too and breath work. Um, for me, you know, I have some non negotiables in my day. They are I lift heavy weights, um, I do um, a little bit of, of, cold therapy and I meditate and meditation for me is one as one of my non negotiables. Whereas, you know, for some people, it might be something else, but I find that training, that, um, that mental, that fusion um, of letting my mind just be within the state of my being and my heart exponentially, um, you know, it change and not just changes how I feel, but it changed how I exist and in, in, in my life. So that's another one of those things that, um, you know, I like to talk about. I know that sometimes meditation, there's so many different types of meditation, you know, we have. Right. So could you explain
0: a little bit, could you explain a a little bit of kind of your, how, what your meditation practice looks like?
1: Well, my meditation practice is, is
0: is it like a sit in silence, eyes closed?
1: I like to do that. I use, I, I, I use, um, sometimes sometimes just the
0: breath work you know like sometimes it's just breathing
1: um sometimes it is it is actually sitting in silence with myself and practicing just being you know we i let the mental programs of what needs to be you know happen for the day go and just um, go into that you know other brain wave state that is restorative for me there is so many kinds of meditation so you know, and I teach and talk about those. There's there's moving meditation. There's people who um, find that space while they're walking. There's people, you know, it's almost, yeah. It's almost like
0: walking or yoga. Like they take or that, yoga.
1: All of those things are valid forms practice, of meditation. Yes, mm-hmm. and, and not what and and we'll find and some people find this one works better for them. Um, the goal of meditation is to make it work for you. So it however you get there is how you get there because none of these practices help you if it's not conducive to your life or if it it, you can't make it work for you at whatever state of consciousness you happen to be in
0: um right like you want to make those meditations in intentional and if you're you know if if you're not intentional about practices and there's no use it's almost like doing something half-assed it's it's like the saying, how you do anything is how you do everything. Mm-hmm. So if you're not intentional about that meditation, it's like find something that works for you.
1: Right. Right. And you know, I truly believe in so many practitioners um coming together. You know, I love having um a team of, of, of people who say, you know, I'm not this, but I know someone who is. You know, I believe that holistically there's so many different ways that we can um heal ourselves. I don't have the answer to every single one. Um, but to use these in co- you know in coordination with each other is is a wonderful gift to have and to have a network, you know, of people around you who you know that you can say, you know, here's a here's somebody for you to talk to. Um, mm-hmm. Like that's I said, the power, not,
0: that's the power of connection.
1: Yeah, it is the power of connection. And and like I said, there's some you know particular certifications I, d- I don't have and there's some things that I partake in but I am not um the the master to admini- administer it so mm-hmm. um but this is where we come together and share you know and our, our gifts right? because and-
0: experiences still create knowledge you might not be certified but you've experienced some things exactly. that you know yeah. you have some knowledge and could share with and share with someone that you know, that might be interested because it might work for you and it might work for them.
1: Right. And at the end of the day, one thing I found is that the credentials that someone has or the letters after their name or or all of these things at the end of the day don't matter as much as connection. Who you connect with teaches you more than somebody who has every certification under the sun that you can't create a true our connection with so mm-hmm.
0: like like what what I kind of laugh about is and I might have some critics out there that will disagree but you get tons of doctors that come in and they have the MD and PhD and all this but all they're doing in their practice is handing out prescriptions of drugs instead of and putting a band-aid on people's sicknesses and illnesses and they're not really healing a person and the Right And doctors were meant to heal and cure people of sickness and disease and someone and be someone that anyone can go to to trust them to be like, "Hey, I have a problem, can you heal me?" And it's right. just sad to see, "Oh, there's these high paid doctors and they're not really healing people. exactly, you know, um, but I, I know think that's that- also because they lost connection with with the mind-body spirit of how to actually right. heal and cure someone from the inside.
1: Right. And they lost connection with their patients. I mean, there was, there's a study and I I can't even reference it or tell you where to look for it right now, but that the cure rate for people with chronic diseases is exponentially like a hundred times more higher for doctors who make a connection, like a trusting, Mm -hmm. loving connection with that patient. So Mm -hmm. it wouldn't matter what they did or what they prescribed as much yes. as it matters that they're feeling um, that because feeling connected, connect-
0: feel a friendship, feel a feel a right. love. Rather Because than, that heals. Rather than just the yeah. you're you're just a, a value amount to me and you're it's like the more patients I see, the more money I get rather than right. no, like it doesn't matter how many patients you get. It should be the amount of connections yeah. and love Connection. and health you're able to 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 spread and share.
1: Yeah, connection at the end of the day.
0: Yeah. And then it's, it so sounds before, so
1: simple, but no, it's but true.
0: It, it literally <laughs> is like we're all looking for love. It might not be intimate love, you know, finding that partner, but we just want to surround ourselves with good people. No matter how much, you know, like, yes, be comfortable being alone at times, but in the end, human beings are meant to be surrounded by other human beings that are like-minded
1: yeah we are we're we're herd animals and um you know independence is great but hyper independence is a trauma response because we need each other um we need that kind of safety and that connection to thrive um Mm -hmm. so
0: we need people to keep us accountable but also be there to support us mm -hmm. you know and to and to love us. And, and the cool thing about you is that you're in this nonprofit with the Cubs and you're helping these kids out. And that's another way of connection, you know, and
1: it is. And, what, I'm, and I feel what exactly are,
0: are you doing to help help these kids and help? Well,
1: we I'm really passionate about this nonprofit of being in a community where it's not just a certain level of financial privilege that could have access to these programs, or not even just about baseball here at the the foundation. You know, we offer tutoring, we offer mental health services, we met, offer you know a, a place to express and exercise and move in a in a community. Um, you know, for you know, it, it's not just for those who might you know luckily have the means to for this, but who can. Um, I can spend time with. We can offer our facility um, in that sort of way, and it's a nonprofit. And you know, we do fundraisers and we do all of these different things to try to keep this going to make this happen for um, you know, for is there, these
0: people. Is there any uh, specific age you need to be like that a kid gets help, or is it like could you, nope. anyone 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 and it, it could be adults too. Wow. and now do you go into like foster homes or like is there any no, any no. any connection like with that?
1: No, I would love to be able to do that um right now you know this is this is something that I kind of um i administrate and do with you know Hales is our head of the helm here. Um, But we are still kind of in the birthing stages We're, you know, we're a good few years old, but the idea of being able to offer more programs and things is still kind of um, something that we, you know, work toward and strive toward. But we are here, an epicenter of this community. Um, uh, Our our reach isn't as broad as we would like it to be. Um, I hope that someday we grow to an extent that we can, but um, we are you know, kind of here. We're not just this big stadium up on the hill. We are, um, our doors are open, you know. So I, I, that's another thing I like about, you know, being here.
0: It's uh, It's. It sounds like a safe haven for people in, in need. And I mean, you don't even have to be in need if you Correct. just want to be somewhere around great people. You know, I think right. that's the place um, to be. If you're in Mishawaka, you're in South Bend, you're anywhere within driving distance, I mean this is, sounds like a great place to be to one work on baseball, but two just just be to to find happiness and joy in life and just be
1: right um I myself was when I was in a really, really dark place in my life more than ten years ago um this became a comfort, a safe place now this building wasn't here, we weren't the cubs yet but Um, I came to this stadium, I didn't miss a game. I came here to feel safe, to have comfort, to be able to be around people, but be alone. I could just, you know, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I could, so um, this place and baseball in general was um, a salve for me um, when I needed it in a way that's kind of hard to explain. Uh, uh, Maybe I'll tell that story later, but um it led me to here to now i'm in this building and wanting to do that same thing so you know it's another thing on that thread of we never know what could happen in our lives right. right but
0: you kind of just stick it out you know day yep. after day year after year and when i was there in 13 and 14 and now 10 years later there's this amazing facility out there and right. you guys are doing right. amazing things with kids the players with families Um, You know, it's really cool to see, and hopefully uh, I can get back there soon. Um, Yes. I definitely need to see how that place has changed and what memorabilia of the South Bend Silverhawks there is that I could uh, snatch up and put on my uh, trophy (laughs) wall here.
1: Yeah, we'll get uh, you taken care of.
0: Yeah, and I can see Hales again. and Maybe we can have a a glass of Maker's Mark. (laughs)
1: he's got it waiting for you in his office (laughs) yeah
0: it's it's so amazing to to see he's doing so well after you know when I was playing there hearing about his health problems and health issues he was going through and I mean I'm pretty sure he told me a story of how he I think he died in in the bed one day and he's like I I saw this and saw this and then I came back to life and you know, I changed the way I was living and I, whatever it is, I yeah. don't know the story and details, but it's, uh, South Bend is yeah. kind of a place of miracles.
1: It is. That's what it sounds really. like. Yeah. And me getting, you know, Hales and I are just kind of a match made in baseball heaven. So absolutely, um, running this with we, him is just ab- fantastic. You
0: two are doing amazing things. Now, has, have the South Bend Cubs won a, won a championship? Since yes. since I left, because I know my first year in 13, we were in the championship against the Astros when uh, Carlos Correa was actually playing in in that league, um, and then in 14, I believe, we got to the playoffs, but I was promoted to Visalia. Hi, and so since then, have they won a championship? Yes,
1: um, we just did, so um, let's see, 2022, 2022. Last year. Yeah, we were Midwest League wow. champs. That was a really great experience, um, you know. Because it's, high, to,
0: now, right? was, it's high A is now, right? It's high A now.
1: Yeah. Is it high so that A was, in
0: 2022 as well?
1: Um, yes, um, we are expanding. Okay. We're at the end of this, the final pitch of 2024. We'll be building another level up on the stadium. No more buildings. More I know, got a so. feeling
0: that, that that stadium's going to end up, or that team is going to end up being a triple A team. Because yes. the AAA team is in Iowa, right?
1: Yes, and we are just- But South Bend is two from hours Chicago. from
0: Chicago, yeah. it's a two hour drive, so- Yeah, and we well, have
1: there. the premier facilities, so absolutely. I, I you know, I can I can predict that in my little crystal ball. Well,
0: well, yeah, I remember when I was there, it was a bunch of, I mean, a bunch of ghetto stuff around there and some abandoned buildings. uh, Wait
1: till you come back. Just wait till you come
0: back. Yeah, I can't wait. Um, Before we go, my my last question to you is, um, and I actually want to start doing this for future podcasts because I just thought of it um, just from reading books and through some mentors and coaches. But um, my question is, what is your biggest dream in life? what do you what is the one thing you want to achieve in life
1: you know i think my biggest dream um personally like if like if you could
0: do anything and money wasn't an issue like
1: right well and it's twofold for me i'm realizing my biggest personal dreams of watching my sons become men phenomenal humans like um in in ways i you know as a parent or as a mother, you kind of dream of so watching that happen and watching them flourish. That is my biggest dream, and I'm getting to see that unfold. Um, so I would love supermom. to have, yeah, I would love to have, um, you know, a healing center that would employ lots of different practitioners. Um, that we could, um, you know, the Gracious Heart Healing Center is just a little seed of what I hope for, for to be someday. Um, so, um, my greatest joy would be to connect with more people on their journey of self discovery of, of, um, of healing of all of the aspects of what it means to be human and to connect with people in that way. So I think that's one of my bigger future dreams is to be able to offer something like that on a grander scale.
0: I love it. I love it. Cause, uh, I've even mentioned to you, I've wanted something like that where could bring the masses t- together to heal to self discover mm-hmm. you know and just be a huge community of love and healing yeah so, and that
1: kind of connection and and community is just priceless it's kind of the you know the you know the joy of living really
0: no it's totally awesome um i'm excited for you bigger things to come for you and I'm so grateful to have you on here. Um, just getting started with this podcast, so I'm pretty sure we'll we'll be back on again. Um, and I look forward to our futures. And uh, thank you again, Amanda. Thank you. Where, thank where you. can people find you? Uh, give me a website, social media for you and then for the um, Gracious Heart Healing Center and the Nonprofit Foundation.
1: So you can go to sbcubsfoundation.org. That's where you can learn about the nonprofit and things we have going on. Um, You can go to uh, First Source Bank Performance Center. First Source Bank is our name, or our you know name sponsor here. Um, You can find me on Instagram, um, Amanda underscore Allwine. It's A L W I N E. Um, As of right now, I'm expanding my um, Gracious Heart healing center website so that's a little bit under construction it exists you just won't be able you'll you can see that it exists but um that it, that's still kind of um, growing I'm, I'm looking to kind of streamline my programs a little bit more into something that people can buy in a different sort of package i i like the one-on-one um but i'm finding now there's only one of me and i can't replicate myself <laughs> fast enough so um not this might be not, it. Yet.
0: not yet <laughs>
1: yeah, not yet i'd love to okay. do that um, but you know, so yeah, um, lots of different ways. Um, but uh, you know, anytime I, I will respond if somebody DMs me and would like to talk one on one, um, you know, anyway, you can get a hold of me. So,
0: well, perfect. Well, awesome. thank you again. Thank you. No filter network, the best podcast platform. Thank you, Amanda and the South Bend Cubs look forward to a 20 great 2024 year. Um, thank you again. And we'll see you soon. Right. We'll see you later. All right. All thank right. you, everyone. Bye-bye. Thanks, Bye-bye.
1: Brandon. Bye bye.